Ho, ho, Matt. Merry Christmas a day late. Hope you had a fantastic holiday. Hope you won all the championships or won your, all your playoff games that are heading into championships this weekend. And same to you, ho, ho, ho. So, or ho, ho. I liked ho-hos back in the day. Feeling yeah, ho-hos? Probably not. Not right now, well, right? Not right now, but, I mean, generally speaking, as a child, yes, yeah, all yeah, about the yeah. ho-hos. I like to unravel them. <clears throat> yeah, know, yeah, yeah. We're going to unravel this. How about Greg Dortch? Uh, fuck that. Uh, it was a great game. Congratulations to him. Uh, and, you know, maybe this is a, a reminder that, you know, when third-team quarterbacks come in and play, sometimes the uh, receivers uh, that we're not playing are the guys that benefit from it. It was a bad, what, horrible game for DeAndre Hopkins. I expected way more from him. Didn't expect what we got from Dorch. I think we've seen that Dorch is capable of this any given week. Also, that he's not capable of this any given week. Uh, playoff time, championship season, not taking that chance. That's too bad. If I did, I would have won my... I would have won the one league that I lost on the difference between him and Mike Evans. But I did add Dorch during the week, but I decided not to start him. I took a couple of chances elsewhere. That worked out, but that was the one chance that would have sealed it for me. But I'll say I'm feeling Greg Dorch mainly because, yeah, I did add him. And I think the reason that he's not looking all that, you know, that sometimes it's not all that good is maybe more of a function of that offense than it is yes. to miss a player. So it's absolutely it. Yeah. So I'm, you know, at at this point though, I think that key point that you brought up is the, at with the quarterbacks that they have, he's probably the best option. Um, <clears throat> right. So I'm 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 taking the chance with him as you know, if you have a wide receiver four, <clears throat> wide receiver three, I feel good with that. Well, you know. Well, we're at a point of season where we're either going to feel or fuck guys based on number one, our needs, but also the offense they're playing in. Yeah. And, you know, so even some outliers and some great offenses are we're going to have a little more interested in. And uh, and for me, this question is more about the offense than it is about the player. I, yep. I get that. I get that. So to me and, and I'll just I'll just put it this way. I'll just cap it and saying for me, it's it's the fact <clears throat> that Cliff Kingsbury is ultra predictable likes to use the passing game as the as an extension of the run game and who's going to be that guy now with more out and with every with a, a quarterback who's got kind of a pop gun arm I'm, i think to me dorch dorch wait a minute chris guy. collinsworth kept telling me he has a great arm well okay well are we Was talking about trace mcsorley <laughs> i think we are yeah well i don't know maybe maybe chris's maybe chris's son told him that i don't know oh, I don't there know. we go shots fired yeah well. <laughs> But what about James Cook? Okay, so here's one that I'm feeling in terms of, you know, I'll take an ancillary piece and a great offense if I need to take a, you know, if I have a hole to fill. And this is a case where the Buffalo Bills, and I've said this all season long, though. I mean, ideally, I want to play Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Beyond that, okay, I can if I need to because it's a great offense. And any given week, you're liable to get some great production from uh, the pieces that aren't the high-end pieces that I'm looking to play. So, so yes, and I'd say the same about Devin Singletary, uh, slightly less so about Gabe Davis and uh, Isaiah McKenzie and Dawson Knox. I mean, they're they're in a great offense that can get things done apparently in whatever the weather is. Yeah, I think Dawson Knox is coming on. I think James Cook has certainly been coming on, but his yep. his 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 path of production hasn't been linear this year. That's for sure. Um, and I laugh because the 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 superstitious part of me is like, well, I've had James Cook all year on my championship team, um, <laughs> and and I have I used him in week one, and that was it. Um, so am I going to use him? Am I going to bookend it and use him in week one and week seventeen, um, or am I going to stick with Raheem Mostert? And the the superstitious part of me is probably 
rolling with Mostert, but uh, but we shall see. I may I may make the move with Cook, um, but I'm feeling him. Certainly like the way they're u- packaging him up in terms of usage in the red zone. Obviously, the run game's clicking with <clears> him a little bit more often with some decent matchups. Um, when he's good, he's really good, and they're hitting big plays, so I like it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all that. And again, I'm, I think we're going to follow trends at this point of the season. And the trend at this point of the season is uh, both those Buffalo running backs are playable commodities. We're looking at running back 18 and 19 over the last month of the season. Uh, tough matchup this week for your championship game. Uh, but look, it's week 17. Yeah. We're, we're going to have needs at this point, And we're going to have to be playing players that we think are less than ideal. I think these guys are more ideal than we believe. But, you know, just at the... The, the, the feeling is based on the whole season. Look at the last four weeks and you'll find out. We've got James Cook running back 18, Devin Singletary running back 19. Well, I like on that note, obviously I would have to presume because I do the same thing. You're feeling taking your, uh, taking your fantasy points per week um, and filtering that for the past four to five, maybe even six weeks yep. as a way to, to look at the season in that scope at this point. You feeling that? Yeah. That's how I'm I totally do it. feeling that. That's exactly what I'm doing right now as we're talking. And that's what I'm doing is I'm setting my lineups. Look, we know every year someone is going to win us a championship that probably we did not draft. And, you know, that's a great way to help identify those guys that are rising up because, I mean, look, we're paying attention to the players on our teams for the most part uh, or guys that are, you know, basically frontline starters. We're not maybe paying attention to the Jarek McKinnons of the world, right? Yeah. And so, you know, the trend can be your friend. They say that in the finances. I don't know anything about money, but I've heard that said. Well, the trend has been Dawson Knox's friend, too, too yeah. so we'll add him on that, too. But what sure. about Chuba Hubbard in Carolina? He had a big game. Is is that something you feel pretty good about that continuing? Flex-level play, yes. I think he's a pretty solid play uh, going forward. I could I could do that. Like, you look at the last, again, the last month with a bye week, he's, what, running back? He's inside the top 24 anyway. And so playing Tampa Bay Buccaneers, James Conner says that's not the worst matchup in the world. Well then, okay. I I I may actually feel that. I don't feel him as a player, but I, um, but I understand that from a fantasy commodity. So I can I can live with that. I can live with Drake London as a yeah. as the main guy because I think that Desmond Ritter, being a young rookie that he is, and being the <clears throat> type of player that we've talked about with him, or at least I've remarked with him before about red light, green light. Well, he 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 may not look at the full intersection and look both ways before he crosses it. And we'll keep that traffic analogy. But he's goal focused on Drake London, no matter what. So I'll I'll take that. You probably pay more attention to these things than I do, but you know, tracking the rookie production. But I mean, I think he's been, you know, maybe a disappointment based on where he was drafted. But I think in terms of what his production's been, and you know, compared to the other rookie in this class, I mean, he's been pretty damn good, pretty yeah. solid. I think the target share has been great. Uh, you know, for me, I think that's a, that makes him play commodity. He had a buy over the last month of the season. Uh, he's been right down at the end of the you know wide receiver three ranks in that regard. So for a lousy offense uh, with a playing a quarterback that hasn't played very much, I think Drake London is having uh, is playing quite well. I don't know that I want to force him into lineups based on anything uh, that I just said, but if I needed to force him into a lineup, I would say okay, I got a chance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if I'm looking at Chuba Hubbard and Drake London, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the matchup <laughs> to decide the two. <clears throat> Right. More than, and, and yeah. This is this is also the time of year, right? Where you, you know, I'll remind everyone: don't get cute. You know, you don't outsmart yourself, but also you're probably going to be in position to make hard decisions that you didn't want to make, and and sometimes they're maybe not as hard as you think they are when you dig a little deeper into the numbers, especially the most recent numbers. 
Is Valus Jones a no-brainer? Uh, no, he's not a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. Uh, so That's a no-brainer to me. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, the, the yeah. no-brainer part. Yes, that yeah. is. I mean, look, anything having to do with the Chicago passing attack is kind of a no-brainer. Not a slight on Justin Fields, just a slight on the talent around him. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a reason uh, Justin Fields runs a lot. I think it's because his receivers don't get open a lot. <laughs> Yeah. So, so uh, you know, and and it's it's not a great offense in general, right? It's an okay offense. I mean, the 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 highlight of this offense is Justin Fields. If any of the pieces around him rise up on any given week, it probably has more to do with him than them at this point. So, yeah, fuck the Bears, not named Justin Fields. And, yeah, yeah. Okay, David Montgomery a little bit, and 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 maybe you know we're gonna get to him, Khalil Herbert, right? I mean, <clears throat> I think there maybe. I mean, you might be in a position where you have to play Khalil Herbert. This wasn't a great game. I think that if you were grasping for straws, you could grasp for straws. And I and that's kind of what I was going to ask you about, is that do you feel the idea of, okay, it was his first game back after being on IR. Will week two be better? As you know, Do you tend to look at running backs in week two and, and rationalize to yourself, okay, they're in their second week back. If I have to take the chance on them, that would be the edge that would keep me from being dissuaded from keeping him on the bench. I almost feel with running backs, we're taking our chances anyway these days, right? Just in terms of roles. Yeah. I mean, you know, look no further than Baltimore. Or, I mean, just just about any team that has multiple running backs, it's hard to know from week to week. It seems it's just increasingly volatile. There's more variance. So, so yeah, I think he's a guy that I would grasp with straws back. So, in this case, you would look back further than last week's game. You would look back the history of the whole season and see that when he was, you know, up and running, he was a pretty viable play, uh, even working behind uh, David Montgomery, sometimes outproducing David Montgomery, at least being a more dynamic player than David Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, he had, up until that injury, I think he had six or seven games um, that year that he was as good or better than David Montgomery statistically. So certainly he's, that's why I would be encouraged is the combination of first week back and what he had done in previous weeks. Um, Valus Jones, yeah, fuck him. And mainly because he's a schemed based player, which means that if, you know, he's not going to beat guys one on one on third down with his route running selection. <clears throat> he's the guy that the right. team says, you're really a running back. We're just putting in the space and asking you to catch the ball on short throw out screen plays. Occasionally, we might throw a deep shot to you, but you're basically in the Gabe Davis package. Um, with a lot more screen elements, or maybe the Jalen Rieger package, um, which is not that great of a package if your name is Jalen Rieger. So, um, <laughs> you, you know, he's a little bit more of a young, younger Jalen Rieger at this point um, in terms of usage. And I would say Rieger's a better was a better at, um, wide receiver prospect, to be honest. Um, the Eagles would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So what Vikings about, would not. Vikings would not. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Jefferson says not so fat. Yeah, that's right. But uh, how about Amari Cooper? He has been, you know, injury's been bugging him, but he seemed to come back to life a little bit this week. Uh, this is not an offense I'm trying to invest in the wide receivers or, or in the receiving core in at this point of the season. But if I had to, he would be the one. They're playing Washington, uh, you know, this week uh, coming up ahead. So. Uh, you know, and, and like I do think Deshaun Watson's getting better. I, we have to kind of throw out this last game, the Saints game, you know, uh, even being weather agnostic. Certainly I'm willing to acknowledge weather is a factor, you know. Uh, you know, and when I say weather agnostic, I mean I go into a game and if it's going to be cold and 
and whatnot. I'm like not sitting Josh Allen in favor of uh, of Davis Mills, right? I mean, you know, you make logical decisions, you know, you kind of weigh it out. But weather can be a factor in this game. It clearly was. Uh, and Deshaun Watson's getting noticeably better. That said, Amari Cooper's like wide receiver close to 50 over the last month of the season. And uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact this offense doesn't score a ton of points. And and I don't know that that's going to change notably uh, down the stretch. So, uh, you know, if you have him, you're probably still playing him based on his name and his talent. And I get that. I might be looking for better options. Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb's playing hurt, obviously. He's got that yep. foot injury, and he looks he looks different. Don Peoples-Jones has been wide receiver 32 over the past several weeks, I think since week 13. Um, but He'd probably be wide receiver 22 if he caught all the passes. There you go. So, Sorry. I mean, and sure. that's the thing. So, I, I'm with you. I'm, I, I would say <clears> that if you... If you're looking at if you're looking at Amari Cooper or say Greg Dorch, that might be a tough decision. I might go with Cooper there, um, you know, as a result of that. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if you know it turns into one of those decisions that you're just like, you know, you're going to feel like you second guessed yourself to death <clears throat> with it. So you got to yeah. be careful. All right. What about you know? What about Nick Chubb for you? you it sounds like you kind of agree I mean, with me. Yeah, I do. You're still you're still probably playing him, but I mean, you also if you've been playing him, you realize it's been a couple single digit games and a couple of games barely inside double digits, and uh, even you know with good matchups or whatnot. So, um, you know, you're hoping he gets right against Washington. I don't know that I'd bet on you know want to have to bet on it, but do you have better options? That's the question, and probably uh, in the, in most cases you won't. Are you grinching on Colby Parkinson as well? Uh, Grinching a little bit, yeah, screw him. Like, you know, you know, I'm the hugest uh, Will Disley fan in the world, and even I will admit that uh, a team that has three tight ends has no tight ends for fantasy purposes. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you there. I mean, Parkinson's that guy that without <clears throat> Tyler Lockett, Parkinson could be that downfield Possibly guy so, so well, far. Also, this game, I mean, Marquise Goodwin clearly wasn't, you know, they, they said he was ready to play, I suspect he was not <laughs> yes so and that's the thing and when he is parkinson we'll see him back back right. in the parking lot so and we'll see if lockett comes back this week uh i you know i tend to take things that pete carroll says with a grain of salt because pete carroll is the most overly optimistic human on earth or the biggest fattest liar on earth or a combination of the two it's entirely possible i won't uh I won't uh, like assign motives or anything, but like when he says, yeah. So when they ran down the injury report on Friday, you know, and it, and like three quarters of it came true and one quarter of it did not. But I think that's about what you should expect when you're listening to him talk. So is so is you know I, I haven't seen the movie, but I saw Ed Norton on my Netflix talking about um, you know a scene of him as some sort of tech millionaire or billionaire in the the sequel to Knives Out. And he was like assigning people rooms based on their bio readings on something that he had. <laughs> so are you telling me that Pete Carroll could have played that role of like the yes. tech billionaire with the <laughs> with the new agey personality? Yes. Okay. Uh, then we've got him pegged then. Okay. Um, well, let's just take this as a trio because they're all the same team. They're all the same position. And they all played pretty well last week. If you started any of them, you probably got decent amount of points as wide receiver three, wide receiver four types, maybe even better. And that's <clears throat> Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, and Darius Slayton. Guys we talk about a lot on here, but I just like to see to, to, to see the check and I like to see I, I, I would like I would like for I would like for us to uh Stop. maybe try and look back and say 
Who was the guy that was on Hodgins all along? Which guy was oh, that? Was it Bob? Was it Bob? Was it Bob no, Harris? I'm gonna take the credit. Look, this is another case where he played the one you got, right? Yeah. And uh, to to your credit, Richie James is uh, over the last month a wide receiver, borderline wide receiver two. Uh, Hodgins a locked in wide receiver two with some wide receiver one upside there, uh, based on the touchdowns, right? And 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 kind of. Slayton, I think, is you know the the outlier of the group, but he's still a viable wide receiver three play, and and so that's why I would say, uh, you know, you go into this week, and, and if you have one of these guys and you need to play him, it's been pretty good over the last month. Don't uh, don't deny what you've seen, and they're playing Indianapolis, so one of them will see Stephon Gilmore, and one of them, and two of them will not. Yeah, and and the two who won't will probably be Hodgins and a lot of James, but you know, but I'm. I would say Hodgins is probably one of your safer picks on that regard because he's going to benefit from the other two um, in terms of role of how they're used on the field. Slayton's more your your X, your your split end who's going to win on the outside <clears throat> and win deep and be forced to be covered by the top guy. James can do a little bit of that as well, but he's more of your over-the-middle receiver and your slot guy. Um, and occasionally will draw the coverage of the primary guy. Hodgins is kind of your bigger, slower, over-the-middle field guy who can win contested plays, but also win with quickness so, off routes. So uh, just to get off top, get a little, take this a little further afield, uh, because I think it's worth noting, like, you know, Hodgins has the connection with Brian Dable together in Buffalo, right? Brian Dable, who, by the way, increasingly looks like a cartoon character with each passing week, uh, and kudos <laughs> to him for that. I'm Which cartoon sure character does he look like to you? I don't know, but when he had the hood on in the, in the, two weeks ago, he, he looked like something from a, uh, a Bugs Bunny uh, cartoon. I don't know okay. if it was Marvin Martian or some some Marvin Martians or Martian. I don't know what that guy's uh, name Marvin is. Marvin the Martian. I like yeah, Marvin okay. the Martian. Yeah. I, I think he's like a close relative of Marvin the Martian. Anyhow. Put some antennas on him, and we would have had him dead to rights. Anyway, uh, so uh, I feel like Brian Dable thinks he's pretty good at this. And uh, and so I'm just going to carry this out. I'm starting to believe that Brian Dable is starting to believe he can turn Daniel Jones into a quarterback. And we'll probably see Daniel Jones going forward. I, you know, could be entirely wrong, but I, I, I think he's starting to see things. And look, there were some plays where you thought, like, wow, a year ago, that would have been a turnover. Right, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a turnover, <laughs> and so so I don't I don't know. We'll see where this goes, but they're they're spinning some gold from some of this draw here, and uh, and I think a lot of this is on Brian Dable, who I think is 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 starting to show why he probably should have been a head coaching candidate a little sooner than he was. I'm 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 certainly not willing to say I'm feeling Daniel Jones, but I'm not going right. to say fuck him either anymore. At right. least I'm starting to say all right, I. I'm going to wait and see. I'm feeling yeah. the idea of giving it, it, him a little, a little bit more time. I think it's more Dable than it is Jones, right? Yeah. I think it's more Dable thinking, I can fix this, yeah. right? And so and there we have it. All right, I've said my piece. Well, you know, I think Oedipus said he could fix some things too. So, <laughs> so we're going to find out. Trenton Irwin. Who? Trenton Irwin. Trenton Irwin. Are you even like are, – are, are you feeling adding Trenton Irwin – to a roster that I might try to uh, so Trent Irwin is a guy I will add to block somebody else from getting Trent Irwin so he doesn't score those damn touchdowns against me okay right I mean I think that's where we're at on him I think what do I want to say he's been right what running back he's been wide receiver 32 over the last month based in large part on the fact that he has three touchdowns over that span right yeah and uh also I mean some of those touchdowns came when all the pieces were in place you know so, so one came with the, you know without all the pieces 
the, the two most recent came with everybody on board. And so sometimes what happens in football is players, you know, demonstrate they have abilities that earn them more playing time. I believe this might be the case with one Trent Irwin. Yeah, this Stanford kid was a special teamer. <laughs> um, I remember studying him. Um, certainly a nice slot receiver. And maybe Joe Burrow's just starting to get a kind of feel for him and feels like that he can he can rely on Irwin, Irwin in situations that um, fit well that other team that maybe he can't with Tyler Boyd. Not that Tyler Boyd is a worse player or unreliable, but maybe there's just certain things that Irwin does well. Um, Jahan Dotson, can I get okay, you to change you're your right. mind? Okay. <laughs> um, I'm very stubborn. So uh, feeling him. Also, I'm going to say, though, my points about him in the past, uh, you know, watching this game in particular, yeah. uh, it adds further belief that, that Scott Turner should, you know, we don't talk enough about this guy. He does a really good job with this offense and scheming his receivers into good spots, including Curtis Samuel. And, uh, and that extends Jahan Dawson, who, by the way, I mean, we kind of knew he was a pretty good player. I mean, I right. believe, uh, you know, heard that in a, some publication I I peruse over the off season. It talks about rookies. What's that thing called? The, you the, perverts the can get it at twenty one ninety five now. Now that you've yes. been waiting to pay full price, and now I want to pay full com. price. All right. Um. Anyway, so I mean, we do as good player, but you know, not all these good rookies turn out to be good fantasy plays. Their rookie seasons. He's turning out to be a solid play down the stretch, and you know, we'll see what the quarterback situation uh, pans out to be. But I think a lot of his success has as much to do with Scott Turner as it does the quarterback. Are you parking Parkinson for Darren Waller? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Feeling Darren Waller. Darren Waller's back. Not feeling the offense. Not feeling Derek Carr. Feeling uh, Darren Waller, though. You know, I mean, you watched the Pittsburgh game. You saw he was very close, you know, to having that the same touchdown he had in his first game back. I think that's entirely within his range of possible outcomes every week is him running up the middle of the field about three steps ahead of the defender, and it's on Derek Carr to not throw the ball five yards too far. Also, entirely possible, Derek Carr will throw the ball five yards too far. So take that into account, but it's the tight end, people. There are not a lot of those around. Well, what about Hunter Renfro, then? He's back, too. Do you, do you even care about that? <laughs> I, I want to say I don't care about that, but watching that touchdown play, can we just say, man, Hunter Renfro is a good football player. Yeah. He, he just is, man. You can put the ball in his hands. He does. He's one of those guys. We all knew that guy in high school or whatever. I had a friend who didn't play high school football or anything, but when all the football team went out and played flag football, nobody could touch this guy. Yeah. Right. There's always that guy out there. He doesn't look much. He's not, not real organized, but, but put him up the ball in his hands and he makes plays. Hunter Renfro appears to be that guy, probably not forcing him into lineups. Uh, but I was pretty impressed with uh, with that touchdown. Need, needless yeah. to say, it's too volatile at this stage, yeah. and I and I worry that the way that NFL offenses are going, <laughs> that Hunter Renfro is always going to be that guy that could have had a Wes Welker like season, but may never find a team that wants to feature him like that, and it just may never happen. So um, that's my concern with him. So you asked me about Cam Akers a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Are how are you feeling about him now? With where you you know, we're checking back in on him. Five touchdowns over his past four games. He's running back. I want to say three, four, five over that course of time. If you narrow that time frame down, he's running back three. Um, yeah, I'm feeling. So every year we talk about who's going to be the league winner that nobody has. Well, everyone drafted Cam Akers and then dropped him, and so you probably did pick him up off waivers, and he might well win you the championship uh, this year. So. Um, uh, you know, like there's not a lot of pieces in this offense that to feel good about. 
Uh, and uh, and Cam Akers has turned the season around. There's, there's no doubt about it. He's, I want to say, over the last month, running back three over the last month. Oh, also, playing the Chargers in the season finale. I have, on good authority, the Chargers not good at stopping the running backs of opposing teams. Listen, I'm just feeling fantasy football for the sake that at the beginning of the year, if we had asked the collective that whether you would feel good about um, a Los Angeles Rams team that lost Matthew Stafford, lost Cooper Cup, lost Allen Robinson, how, figuratively or literally, um, offensive line sucked. I believe they have Cam not played Akers the same thre- offensive line like uh, more than twice this year, right? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. they have a new line almost every week. Yeah, and Cam Akers wanted a trade. <laughs> wanted to be left no one believed him in any way no one bit on him at all in the nfl and now he's what running back three or running back four the, the back past three month, over the last month over the last month i right win your fantasy league i that, love fantasy that football guy. that is that guy yeah look last year he is last year's rashad penny right i mean yeah. he's the guy that's going to come out and you know that you had it either a bargain basement price or picked up off the waiver wire and and it's going to be good. That's, that is, that's the joy of fantasy football. And I mean, uh, you know, if we sat down and I got out my pencil and paper, you and I between us could cobble together a list of uh, an annual list of guys who have done this. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it's always uh, interesting to try to identify them in advance and nearly impossible to do that. And it's so much fun. Cause you compare that to like Cam Aker, you compare Cam Aker's story to like Josh Jacobs, where in week one, people were writing his ass off right. in week one of the preseason like after after the, the hall second of fame quarter game. the hall of fame game they're like it's zamir white time baby you know josh jacobs is it's over and now we're looking at now we're looking at cam Akers, and we were like cam Akers to begin this year like kidding me okay yeah how about tyler higby can he be a supporting part of this cast that's worthwhile to you <clears throat> in a His- fantasy league his band of goodness extends uh two games right but yeah. it's two games with a commonality uh, and that commonality is Baker Mayfield for the most part. So, uh, and again, playing the Chargers this week, maybe a little better at defending tight ends than they are running backs, but still probably in this, uh, you know, ocean of uh, of nothingness, this vast <laughs> wasteland that is tight ends. Uh, he has emerged as a guy that you could play down the, as you head into your finals. I think, uh, I think uh, I'm feeling him a little bit. Yeah, Baker, you know, when I think about Baker Mayfield, I think about Mark Andrews. I think about... Um, David Njoku and Tyler Higby can certainly play well enough with a quarterback that, you know, looks looks at their tight end as a as their binky. So you know that if that's Baker Mayfield's binky, then then you know he'll at least catch you know eight out of the twelve targets that are thrown his way um, that that are like semi accurate enough. Baker Mayfield played well against the Broncos, but then again. Uh, fuck the Broncos. The, I can't the Broncos even. Broncos uh, didn't even show up. What the, the hell was that? Yeah. I mean, you know, you knew the offense is like a 50-50 proposition. I'm being very generous there. You know, a 25-75 proposition to show up. The defense had shown up pretty much every week. This week, the defense did not show up. In fact, I would say the defense showed up and then left, then showed up for a minute again, and then left again just to make the point that they were leaving. As a fan, as a fan of the game of russell wilson's throughout his career like how he played throughout his career up until this point i'm really disappointed to see how this is going but at the same time as someone who absolutely has been fucked the broncos 
since like 1986. Um, you, you know, I'm actually kind of quite thrilled this is going down. Um, you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just say, you know, if you're, you know, if you just bought this team, and you're sitting there looking at the thought that you have 160 million guaranteed to a guy who doesn't seem to be able to play the game anymore. And look, maybe all this changes when they change coaches and put a different offense in there that, you know, that maybe he handpicks or whatever, because I can't imagine he's not going to have a big say. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of weirdness going on with this, uh, you know, whether teammates really have his back or not. He's got the office in the coaching area or whatever, all these things you hear. And just all seems very weird. But uh, but Russ needs to uh, get correct. And I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see that Russell Wilson we saw again. And if I just invested, you know, that $242 million contract. Uh, you Doesn't know, Walmart own this team? Walmart owns this team. Well, there you go. That that's all I that's all I got to say at the at this point about, about that. Um, I think the price so. of all of your stuff is going up. <laughs> I don't go there, so it don't matter. <laughs> all right. Well, this was fun. I hope everyone had a merry Christmas. Ho ho. Uh, ho ho. <laughs>